0: You're listening to Arc Radio Podcast. Assalamu
1: alaikum, good morning and welcome to Green Dean, your weekend morning environmental wake-up call. I'm your host, Lindsay Taylor, and I will be joined today, later in the programme, by Kenny Taylor from Scottish Natural Heritage to discuss this week's theme, energy. More to the point, renewable energy. Now, talking about energy, we're about a few days into Ramadan now and our bodies should be adjusting and we should be doing things in order to adapt to Ramadan and to conserve as much energy as possible for our bodies. Now, this is very important because Ramadan is about renewing our mind, our body, our soul, our connection to Allah and to protect this connection that we have. And to do that, we need to preserve all our energy. We are running on low right now, folks. So... We need to do everything we can to make sure that what we've put into our bodies and what we're having and what is there, we're using in the most energy efficient way. So we do this during Ramadan. We make sure that our bodies are running in an energy efficient way. We make sure that we're not doing unnecessary jobs. We make sure that we're not doing unnecessary errands and all this kind of stuff. But let's think about the bigger picture. We do this in Ramadan for our bodies. So why are we not doing this for our creator's creation? Why are we not preserving all of the beautiful, wonderful resources that we have been given on this earth? Why are we not doing everything we can to preserve these wonderful resources? Because really, we should. And let's think about it, it's really not that hard. To preserve these resources as much as possible. Now obviously we had Lisa from Seoul, uh, South Southseeds on a show with us yesterday who gave us some really amazing hints and tips about what we can do around our home to make it as energy efficient as possible. Hopefully you'll be able to put some of these hints and tips into practice, although if the weather stays nice and not quite needed till later in the year, but hey, who knows it's Scotland after all. Anyway, let's look at some of the other things that we can do because there are lots of things we can do and lots of small things that we can do to preserve this beautiful creation that we have been provided, this beautiful dunya that we have been given by our Creator Allah. So there's little things we can do and maybe when we're having our wee rest later on, when it gets later in the day and we're feeling a bit low in our energy ourselves, we're going to have a wee mosey around our house and look how many of your appliances are on standby. How about we turn them off instead of leaving them on standby and using up electricity? How many of your kids are playing on their tablets and their iPhones right now while they're charging? How about they go and colour in? Or, oh my goodness, shocker, how about they help around the house and do a few odd jobs while their devices are charging up to their full I know it it would be an absolute shock for them to have to leave them for five minutes but how about we give it a try because when we leave our devices to charge by themselves then they use a lot less energy, takes a lot less time for them to charge, lot less energy and this is one of the best bits about it all, not only are we protecting the dunya, not only are we making sure that we're not wasting precious resources but we're also going to save ourselves a bit of money because when we're not using it when we're not using as much energy it costs us a lot less money and hopefully also we can put all of these things that we learn on this show and on other shows and in everyday life as we go around and get involved in environmental things hopefully we can start putting them all into practice for ourselves, for the Dean, for for the environment and for the world as a whole. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I am going to turn now and welcome our guest, Kenny Taylor from Scottish Natural Heritage. Kenny, thank you so much for joining us today in the studio, we're really honoured to have you here. And First, I would like to ask, could you tell us a little bit about Scottish Natural Heritage and what the organisation is?
0: Yes, I can. Thank you for having me. It's our pleasure. Scottish Natural Heritage is the lead public body responsible for advising Scottish ministers on all matters relating to the natural heritage. Our purpose is to promote, care for and improve our natural heritage, help people to enjoy nature responsibly, enable greater understanding and awareness of nature and promote the sustainable use of Scotland's natural heritage. We also advise local authorities and work with Scottish Parliament and public and private and voluntary organisations towards these shared aims. Our vision vision can be summed up by 2030 Scotland is recognised as a world leader in looking after and improving nature. Everyone is involved and everyone benefits. Scotland is greener, healthier and more prosperous. And our mission is to connect people and nature. It's quite simple people in nature. Our work contributes to the Scottish Government's purpose of creating a more successful country with opportunities for all of Scotland to flourish through increasing sustainable economic growth. Scotland's natural capital plays an important role in supporting economic growth, for example through our forestry and industries. It improves our health and well-being from recreation and access to the countryside, getting out and about, taking walks in the woods, in the parks. Reducing greenhouse gas emissions and helping us to adapt to climate change, i.e. by protecting our peatland environments, often found in our uplands and in the far north of Scotland, but around Glasgow too. And strengthening communities, for instance, in shared green space, people using the green space, the rivers, within the city itself, getting out and about and meeting your neighbours. So I sit in a unit called Planning and Renewables and that unit's key aims are to help others including government, local authorities and the industry to deliver development that supports economically, environmentally and socially sustainable places. This requires us to engage with and influence development interests at various stages of the planning process through Through this engagement, we want the natural heritage to be welcomed as an asset that supports the delivery of Scotland's economic strategy. And secondly, the unit works to help make improvements to the quality of places people live in, particularly those in more disadvantaged communities, maximising those that reduce health inequalities. And we will increase people's awareness of Scotland's nature and landscapes, so that they feel more committed to looking after them and take a responsibility on. My job within the unit is the Renewable Energy Policy and Advice Officer with an added dreamer of strategic planning and capacity building, helping industries and and other stakeholders to have a better understanding of the nature and landscape around us.
1: Wow, Kenny, that sounds like such an amazing organisation and looking at so many different aspects of the environment and environmental protection in Scotland and also the fact that wanting to support Scotland to become a world leader in this industry by 2030 I mean that is amazing now obviously you work for this absolutely amazing organisation but tell me why did you get into the sector why did you want to work with the environment and environmental protection?
0: Uh, that's a good question uh, it started a long time ago I guess mm-hmm. and I began volunteering on work parties that were clearing rhododendron bushes and woodlands around Glasgow when I was a teenager.
1: Well, so you can start like totally small, really local, really, you know, little things like that is oh, working with the environment.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Just finding out about these little projects going on getting out, signing yourself up, escaping the city for a weekend or even within the city. Loads of woodland, loads of action needs to be undertaken even in the city. There's opportunities all over the place.
1: Amazing, sorry carry on. No, so what, what, what did you do next after that?
0: So uh, that, that kind of just got me interested in the outdoors. I then went on to study uh, in uh, the environment and fresh water and biology at university. Uh, and then became a Countryside Ranger. Um, And Countryside Rangers worked out of of parks, uh, both in the city and in in the rural environment.
1: And what kind of things did you do as a Countryside Ranger?
0: Uh, A lot of the time I was telling the the general public about the nature around them. So we were bird spotting, we were pond-dipping, but we were also surveying, we were recording number of birds, visiting a loch, for instance or we were trying to understand how mammals move around the park, all sorts of stuff going oh, on.
1: Oh, amazing. That's fabulous. So yeah. after being a countryside ranger and obviously doing that, what, what did you do next? Did you carry on with that for a while, or did you go in more kind of in-depth? or what?
0: Yes, yeah, absolutely. I went uh, yeah. and studied a bit more in-depth uh, and did an environmental course, uh, environmental management course at university. Oh, wow. And that yeah. led to work with... Uh, Scotland's Environment Protection Agency um, and
1: so we'll yeah. be joined by um, somebody from SIPA actually in, in a couple of weeks time hopefully who'll be talking to us about food and food waste so that's brilliant cool. and it, you've worked with that organisation before that's amazing ideal
0: yeah. ideal so at that time I was offering advice on, on, on local wind farms uh, and wider pollution prevention uh, work uh, with my work in wind farms from SEPA I then joined Scottish Natural Heritage, uh, where they were offering offering a role of Renewable Energy Policy and Advice Officer.
1: Amazing, that's great, Kenny. That sounds like you've had a really, really diverse look at the environment, that you really understand a lot of different things from the very small. Now, I know, as you know, myself, I worked in one of the community organisations I used to work for, um, Almazan, and um, a CCF project, and that was a local local community organisation where locals were able to get involved and get connected with the environment and we were able to help our, our local community and obviously our wider community to, to feel like they were doing something with the environment and this kind of work is obviously really needed and essential but it shows you that from that it's interconnected to so many other things that you actually can go on to, you know, larger organisations, you can go on to country rangering, you can go on to organizations like S&H which are actually supporting their national organizations that are actually supporting our nation our country to become a world leader in, in this area which is amazing so tell me after doing all these fascinating different roles what's your job now what is your role within s
0: Yes so um, as I mentioned I'm renewable energy policy and advice officer so mm-hmm. you know, I help identify and produce guidance on renewable energy technologies and t- deployment for our own staff so that they can respond to, to local planning applications um, and national planning applications for large-scale uh, deployment of, of renewable energy technology. Uh, Amazing. I speak to the planning service and to industry to understand technologies that are out there and and where they want to deploy across the country. Mm-hmm. So this is to ensure we understand the types of impacts that can arise from renewable energy development and can offer mitigation to minimise these impacts. I regularly engage with the renewable energy industry and in the planning service through meetings, presentations, and attendances at conferences and events to raise awareness of the natural heritage in the development process. And we try and do this at, the, at an as early stage as possible to ensure... The siting and design of these projects takes account of the natural heritage and works with it.
1: So, sorry, can can I ask? Is this for any project, or is this just for natural projects? Or can can really lots of different organisations get involved? And and, and can you yeah. support different organisations in in their planning of new new
0: Absolutely. buildings
1: and, yeah. and things and items and.
0: Well, we can do. We work in, in cities and we, we try and bring a, an element of, of advice to to uh, planning within within cities for green infrastructure, uh, for greener places. Uh, so, yeah, we can make comments and, and offer advice and help for improving the natural heritage anywhere you are, really, from introducing uh, bee walls for, for bees to, to, to use, in a city park, uh, just putting up bird boxes, anything like that, you'll find stuff on our our website. There are are lots of organisations that will work at a a very local, individual project level. But we, when it comes to renewable energy, we mostly offer advice to to fairly large scales, but communities can get involved in those too.
1: That's amazing. So it shows that really, no matter what it is you're doing, right from the get-go, you can be looking at being environmentally friendly and, and and planning around that. So what else to do because I know that you engage with other other sectors and, and other different um, Organisations yes. and that you yeah. also help to teach people and, and how to do this. So can yeah. you tell us? A bit more about that as well.
0: Yeah, certainly my uh, Part of my role is to work with universities across Scotland to educate future planners and future engineer students about SNH's role in the planning system, about protected species and about habitats in Scotland and about environmental impact assessment for developments. Uh, so that's, that's going out to universities and guest lecturing uh, I suppose, uh, so I have a role in that and working with uh, universities as, as they research into some aspects of, of technology and impacts on the natural heritage too.
1: No, that's amazing. So once again, it's showing that there's a total crossover into all the different industries and showing that, that it doesn't really matter what it is that, that you're wanting to do or what it is that you're even studying. The environment is such a massive part of our lives now and it should be considered in so many things.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And I would urge people to have a look um, as we do on the Scottish Government and, and local government uh, consultations pages, on their web pages, on even national and strategic uh, uh, documents that, that are produced, such as on energy or on climate change or on planning, um, and have a say in these. The, uh, people can, can openly respond to consultations, have a read-through and understand where we're going in Scotland on, on some of these big issues.
1: Amazing, that's great. What the organisation is and also how he got involved in the environment and uh, and what it is that he's so, so keen and interested about, which is amazing. And also the different aspects of the role that he does within Scottish Natural Heritage. It covers a vast array of things from working with university students to working with local planners and looking at all the different aspects of how to protect our natural heritage around us, which is absolutely amazing. Now, I'd like to ask you, Kenny, if it's okay, um, in view of Scottish Natural Heritage, and also obviously you can put your own thoughts in here as well, are we going far enough in Scotland to tackle climate change?
0: Yes, I'll mainly speak from an SNH perspective. as SNH views climate change as one of the greatest uh, global threats we face. And Scotland must play its part to achieve the ambition set out in the Paris Agreement, which mandates concerted global action to deal with the threat and to keep global temperature rise this century well below 2 degrees Celsius above pre-industrial levels and to pursue efforts to limit the temperature increase even further to 1.5 degrees Celsius.
1: Amazing. So, sorry, the Paris Agreement. Now, that was an agreement that world leaders got together to discuss what it was that they had to do in order to protect the environment because it was such a concern to them, yes?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and Scotland sees itself now as a, as a world leader on tackling climate change. Um, Amazing. And its transition to a more prosperous, low-carbon economy is, is already well underway. Brilliant. We have created jobs and backed innovation, new industries, while winning international respect for our ambition and leadership on climate change, that's that's Scotland as a whole. So the Scottish Government has developed an ambitious set of targets to decarbonise electricity generation, uh, to to decarbonise the heat sector uh, and road transport uh, by future dates, 2030 and and 2050, respectfully. Now,
1: sorry Karen, I know that we spoke a little bit yesterday about carbon folks and obviously carbon is the big issue and carbon is the buzzword that we use to talk about all the gases that are being released into the atmosphere just now, which are affecting the atmosphere and causing climate change. Now, as as we go on and, and discuss this, carbon will be the word that we use, but obviously that's covering a whole array of different chemicals and fumes and everything that's that's going up into our air and preventing the heat from the sun escaping and preventing so much from happening and and causing so much disaster around the world. And Scotland, as Kenny has pointed out to us, is, is trying to take the lead in making sure that we are protecting the environment, making sure that for future generations we're looking after the world that's around us. Um so sorry, Kenny, you were saying um that the that we that Scotland is by to twenty fifty, is it looking to make a, a significant decline in in yes. um, in the gases and in the carbon that's being produced by Scotland?
0: Yeah, yeah. Decarbonising road transport, for instance, and, and the heat sector um, being addressed, um, uh, and also emissions essentially reducing by huge percentages, up to uh, eighty or ninety percent by by twenty thirty and twenty. To Fifty uh, beyond that.
1: Um, wow, that's that's brilliant. Yeah, if we can achieve
2: that, it is. Inshallah, so, sure inshallah. Sure uh,
0: earlier this year, the the Cabinet Secretary for Environment, Climate Change, and Land Reform published the Climate Change Plan, uh, the third report on policies and proposals, which details how the Scottish Government will achieve its current emissions reduction target of eighty percent by twenty thirty two, and and it's it's worth a read because it affects the way we we run our lives and and some of the decisions we make
1: and where would we find that
0: scottish government website
1: scottish government website yeah, so scottish simply government google website. it scottish government website and we'll be climate able to change read. plan climate right. change plan brilliant have a look folks so, so getting back not to you at all,
0: not at all the latest government data shows that the equivalent of 54 percent of scotland's gross electricity consumption came from renewable sources in 2016 So we are making moves to reduce climate change uh, and mitigate the impacts of climate change by switching our energy to renewable energies. Um, That number was only 12% in 2000, so we've jumped from 12% to 54% uh, in a comparatively short time Switch into a brand new type of energy.
1: So this is energy that's coming into our homes, yes. Yes. Yeah. And this, so previously, this is the energy that was produced in the big um, industries and the big power stations and, and things. It's now being produced by renewables.
0: Renewable energy. So technology. in
1: such a short time, that's it's totally changed, which is which is incredible. That's fabulous.
0: It is. It is. Uh, it's, it is. Is mitigating. Uh, It's moving towards mitigating uh, climate change impacts by switching to uh, energy from wind, energy from solar, energy from from our water resources as well. So Scotland's transition to a low carbon society uh, is on its way, uh, but it can only continue to improve and be achieved with everyone's input, with everyone thinking about how they use energy uh, and becoming more energy efficient.
1: And this is really important, isn't it? That people are being more aware, that people themselves are making the choices to be more energy efficient, because the government can put all these things in places, but if, in places, in place, sorry, the government can put all this stuff in place, but if we are not making the actual physical choices about a lot of things, then not a lot will change, yes.
0: Well, that's right. And the the consequences could be be quite harsh, the factors that control the Earth's climate interact in complex ways so it's very hard to predict exactly how the climate will change but the consensus yeah, is yeah it's it's very complex indeed mm-hmm. and scientists are, are continually researching this and understanding it but the consensus is that temperatures will continue to rise globally we expect Scotland to have warmer wetter winters and hotter drier summers
1: which for a lot of us we might think actually that's quite nice we can have you know not quite much so freezing weather. And actually, you know, why wouldn't we want nice warm summers? But unfortunately, that's not the case, is it? That as much as it may sound good on paper, in reality, Kenny, it's not the case at all, is it? No,
0: it could be more extreme weather events or stronger storm events, more long heat spells, uh, a number of factors that are that are, are still totally unknown.
1: We've seen a lot of that down south, haven't we, with droughts and with with flooding, with horrendous flooding over the last couple of years, and also up here, we've noticed more and more. We're getting a m- lot more storms than we used to get. A lot more erratic. But, I mean, even this spring, you know, the, the winter seemed to go on forever, and where did the spring come? It's well, it's crazy.
0: That's right. So um, so mitigation and adaptation to climate change is a key thing, and and SNH is working hard uh, to to ensure. Uh, that these that these things get addressed to get, make sure climate change is addressed mm. and and adapted to for instance our work on on peatlands uh, in our uplands uh, so a peatland environment um, is is one with peat soil and and covered in moss so very it's very wet uh, kind of acidic conditions and it covers about 20 percent of our whole country and oh, wow.
1: Now, folks, we are going to take a short break and um, go and hear some words of advice and some words from our sponsors and a few adverts just now. But please stay tuned as we carry on a discussion with uh, Kenny Taylor from Scottish Natural Heritage. And we also have a few words from uh, Nana from back in the day after after our break and after a discussion with Kenny. So. Please stay tuned and uh, don't go too far away. Thanks very much. Folks, welcome back after our brief words for our sponsors there. Uh, Lots of different information, lots of different um, places that we can go and see and do and eat and everything during Ramadan, which is fabulous. Now, as we said before our break, we're joined in the studio here with uh, Kenny Taylor from Scottish Natural Heritage. Hi, Kenny. Hello again. Thanks. Thank you for staying with us. Um,
0: Peatlands are, are fascinating, they're great for biodiversity, um, they're like a big sponge, they, they, they soak up and hold lots of water, but unfortunately a lot of them are in, in bad condition. in Scotland and in Scot- within Scotland SNH is working hard to restore our peatlands because they store carbon. They lock up carbon mm. and don't release it. But when peat is in poor condition, it emits greenhouse gases, eh, including carbon and others. It, but restoring bogs revives their capacity to act as a long-term carbon sink, and it also holds water back and can help to reduce flooding, which is another impact from climate change.
1: So basically, if we protect the environments around us and we protect protect these these peatlands, um, then they will help. To reduce the, the the carbon that's being in the atmosphere because they'll soak it up yes. so kind of like if you put a sponge in a bath and it soaks up all the water and it holds it there it'll hold yeah, it there and it's not going to go anywhere Absolutely. but if we treat our lands roundabouts and us in the peatlands really badly and they get really you know mistreated and and and, and we we take advantage of them and, and we take the peat away Actually, more carbon is going to be reduced into our atmosphere, which is going to cause even further climate change.
0: Potentially, yes, absolutely. So adaptations measures help nature and people to cope with the changes already in effect. And and mitigation, such as renewable energy, is also a key role in, in trying to reduce those impacts. And s works, as I've mentioned before, with the planning sector and the, the renewable renewable energy industry to help put the right energy development in the right place Mm -hmm. by offering advice on potential impacts from onshore and offshore wind turbines, hydroelectric schemes and solar farms. But although we're trying to fight climate change, some technologies are just not suitable in certain landscapes or certain types of environment. Um, So that's that's an issue as well we need to look at.
1: Oh, definitely. So... You talked a bit there about the impacts, so impacts that can happen due to, to different technologies, due to different things. So tell us a bit more about what these impacts can be.
0: Yes, the, the impacts are, are pretty wide-ranging. I mean, when I talk about these, you always have to remember that the, the impacts of climate change could be, could be really terrible mm-hmm. as well. But um, when we're looking at impacts from technology, um, they have long-term implications too, so we have it's a balancing act here. So, for instance, if you're putting up a, a wind farm, these are very tall turbines, big moving parts, a big fan essentially. Um, it's visually, it could be construed as visually intrusive uh, in a landscape. Uh, people might not like it. Some people do like them. That's absolutely fine. But we have to assess the impacts uh, from a visual perspective on people passing on a road and seeing the, the wind farm as, as somebody living nearby in a community viewing the wind farm every day from their, from their windows etc. So uh, you undertake a, a, a landscape and visual impact assessment to really understand the, the potential impacts on your landscape from citing things such as big solar arrays or, or wind farms.
1: So these, these aren't just thrown up anywhere. See, I kind of thought, oh, well, there's a hillside, it's a bit windy, we'll just put them up. But actually, S&H and, and the Scottish Government and other organisations are working really hard to make sure that the right technology is going to the right places and that it's not harming the natural environment round about it.
0: Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Amazing. Okay. There's a huge amount of, of effort and time put into uh, to looking at a, a proposal to understanding the impacts of the, of the siting um, of the area chosen. I mean the wind industry itself, the developers of wind farms themselves are looking at a, a number of uh, themes that are beyond SNH such as proximity to uh, communities or, or the, and wind speed and all these sorts of things. But we have to consider uh, landscape and visual impacts as I mentioned we have to think about uh, impacts on bats and birds. So bats and birds fly close to, to turbines and you've got a big set of blades spinning round at, at fast speeds. Collision could happen with a bat or bird oh. and some sensitive species uh, and some non-sensitive species uh, could be hit by uh, turbine blades. And, and that's a concern for us as well. And Definitely. apart from a, yeah, apart from actual collision, there's also disturbance during the construction period. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's excavation. There's holes uh, dug. There's quarries opened up for stone for the road. That has impacts on drainage. Has impacts on on habitats that are on the land. Definitely. So uh, quite a lot. Quite a lot there as well. And then uh, access and recreation impacts. If 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 they decided to put a wind farm or a solar farm on your favourite hill, local hill, um, and you couldn't get access um, because there was construction works and, and uh, going on and that maybe lasted a, a couple of years, you would have to find a new route around there. So it can have access and recreation implications as well. So the developers are thinking about all these things while they're building the wind farm and the planning authority yeah, Glasgow City Council or, or Stilling Council or whoever are thinking about the impacts as well I'm trying to mitigate and asking SNH for advice on some of these aspects
1: That's brilliant though, that's brilliant that this, this organisation is there in order to support the protection of, of our environment because you know obviously we need to be considering different alternatives to, to the, the, the previous used resources and we need to have new alternatives and and environmentally friendly alternatives but we need to think about the landscape we need to think about the nature we need to think about the animals who live in these habitats and that's fabulous that, that there's an organization that's there to support and help this and that this is your role or part of your role within this organization is amazing but obviously in scotland this is fabulous and this is great and this all sounds wonderful but on a world scale, how do you think we're doing in Scotland? You know, we've got these targets by 2030 and 2050, but on a world scale, how are we really doing, Kenny?
0: Well, I, I don't want to say too much of this, as, as there are much more informed parties than myself who can talk about these things on a I get, world scale. Yeah, clearly, <laughs> renewable energy is, is taking off across the world, um a lot of countries are, are embracing renewable energy technologies um but I was looking at some statistics uh, just just uh, before I, I came on mm-hmm. uh, for instance the International Renewable Energy Agency uh, their 2017 statistics notes that in 2007 the world had just under a million megawatts of installed energy uh, renewable energy rather mm-hmm. um, A megawatt is a uh, 1,000 kilowatts and uh, so that's a a significant amount of energy being produced by renewable energy. It really is. However, only nine years later, by 2016, this had more than doubled to a little over 2 million uh, megawatts. I'll explain uh, a megawatt, um, perhaps if if you've seen a a wind turbine uh, 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 constructed and built and turning away they're often about a megawatt uh, or two megawatts in installed capacity just in that one turbine. Wow. Um, so two million megawatts now across the, uh, across the world um, we're, we're certainly growing. So Definitely. You, yeah, and I can I can break that down a wee bit further. So yeah, Europe, please do. Europe accounted for just under half a million of this capacity. So places like Germany and Denmark are, are, have put up a lot of, of renewable energy. Um, and that continues to grow across the, the EU um, and the positive development has been prompted by legally binding targets for increasing the share of energy from renewable sources enacted by European Directives uh, European directive uh, back in 2009 on the promotion of the use of energy from renewable sources.
1: I'm so sorry, it's not just in, in Scotland, it's the Europe and the world, oh, everybody absolutely. is driving this forward, which is amazing. It
0: seems to be. And in the UK, yeah. there is about 33,500 megawatts of installed capacity, and Scotland contributes approximately a third of this, which is not bad for its, its size of population. Definitely. And that's mainly through onshore wind deployment. SNH's perspective upon this... Uh, uh, as I've noted before, is the contribution this switch to renewable energy is making to limit the impacts of of climate change, Um, uh, and we must support that. But as I said, a balance needs to be struck with uh, with each country's rich Mm -hmm. uh, natural beauty and protected areas and species. So it's vitally important that these are conserved, and ensure that our protected areas and species remain in good status
1: Definitely and
0: not impacted by inappropriate development
1: Definitely, definitely Kenny you know that's that's great for such a small country we, we are, we, you know, we're up there where it definitely seems like we are doing our bit to, to, you know get into renewables and produce renewable energy and all this kind of stuff and also to look after our environment while we're doing it and look after our natural heritage which is brilliant now, yeah. finally, Kenny, can you give us a few hints and tips for listeners at home? Any advice for listeners at home, and how they can be more energy efficient? How they can do their little bit, as we all try so hard to do, in their their fight to become more environmentally friendly, or their journey, should we say?
0: Absolutely, and uh, and these may seem like small token gestures, but uh, if everyone if does it. their part, if everyone does their part, then it all makes a huge difference. So. Use public transport, walk or cycle instead of taking the car. It's such an easy thing to do just to jump into the car and nip to the, the local shops, whatever, but walk or cycle there. It's better for you, it's better for the environment.
1: Definitely.
0: Look for ideas to make your house more energy efficient. I'm not gonna go into to detail but there are loads of there's loads of information in there to, to draft proof your house and, and lower your uh, lower your emissions yourself.
1: Definitely, and we spoke to Lisa yesterday from uh, South Seeds, who gave us some really brilliant ideas about draft proofing and and different things about making your home as energy efficiency as em- energy efficient as possible. Which was great. What else can we do, Kenny?
0: Plant your garden with flowers for pollinators, uh, pollinating species like bees. And um, so oh just fabulous. chat to your local garden centre, and they'll mm-hmm. advise all the best uh, local. Uh, native uh, types of, of, of plants and flowers that bees love uh, and that birds can use as well, so that's great. But a real key thing, something I, I really want to mention is is volunteering. Uh, I suppose like I did uh, a long time ago now, <laughs> but volunteer at your local nature reserve or your national nature reserves. Mm-hmm. Places like Blahorn Moss, uh, out between Glasgow and Edinburgh, out east of Glasgow, Uh, is a great place to really come into contact uh, with nature Um, and as a last word I will simply recommend that folk have a a look online at SNH's website uh, nature.scot and at the Scottish Government's website for consultations as I mentioned on energy or planning uh, and have your say.
1: Kenny thank you so much for all those great hints and tips and that's a great idea Get volunteering folks, get involved in in your local nature reserves or get involved in your local CCF projects such as the the one at South Seeds and up at Almazan and all the different organisations around Glasgow that have CCF projects, get involved. Kenny thank you so much for joining us today that was truly wonderful. And talking about being energy efficient and the environment and protecting the environment, now obviously as, as we've talked about today about being energy efficient and making our homes energy efficient is so important and there's lots of things we can do. We can install solar panels, we can do insulation, we can do all of these kind of things, but as Kenny highlighted, we also need to protect the environment. We can put all these things in, but we want to keep our environment beautiful and lovely around us, for one, to make it visually beautiful, but also for the others who are living here on the planet with us all the creatures and animals, all the different things that Allah has created and that we have a duty to look after and care for. So Kenny gave us some advice about, you know, planting some wildflowers um, in order to attract bees because pollination and having the bees is so important, but also how about making our, our gardens hedgehog friendly? How about making our gardens know friendly for red squirrels a a native creature which is is coming back in some areas but you know dwindling in others but there's lots of different things that we can do and as Kenny said have a wee look on these different websites also look on the RSPB website and other websites that are similar to that now we're going to go to Nana for word of the day and so thank you Nana if you don't mind joining us now that would be fabulous and she's going to give us some advice from back in the day
2: Hello everyone and welcome to Radio Ramadan Nana's Spot. Nana's Spot is about what we can do to recycle, reuse, upcycle the lot. So today I'm going to talk about my passion. My passion is about knitting. I absolutely love knitting. So all these jumpers that you have in the house that are getting too wee, that you're not quite sure what to do with, if you are able to, then rip all the wool back out and when you rip it all out, reuse the wool, maybe you'll make another jumper, a bigger jumper, one that will fit you and you can do things like make the border and the cuffs in a different colour so that you've got enough wool. You can also do things with jumpers like you've made a hole in the elbow. Um, And you can darn it or put on a pad on the elbows, which would be just great. Maybe use another fabric to do that. Oh, and you can also do that with your jeans or trousers. You know, kids especially are always taking the knees out of trousers and it would be good to darn them or to put on a patch. Some kids like a tartan patch on um, and others just like the same colour or different colour. And it's a good way of getting more life out of your clothes As I say, I am really passionate about knitting. I absolutely love it. I knit every day of my life. So here's another way to to change a jumper, a favorite jumper that you've really loved the color of, but you're not quite sure anymore about how it sits on you or or what what it looks like on. So change it, make something different. And this is about how to make an open back jumper from a jumper. So what you need is scissors and a liquid um, seam sealant called fray check, which you can buy in fabric shops and Velcro or a button you choose. So you take your jumper and you put it out, lie it out flat on the table and you cut right up the middle of the back, right up to the neck, cut it completely. And then once you've done that, you cut three inches of the Velcro and attach to the top ends of the collar or if you like, you could use a button and the button um, would sit really nicely and you can just make a wee loop out of some thread and attach that so that you can attach the button. And then once you've cut up the middle of the the jumper, you line the edges of the cut sweater with the fray check to prevent fraying. And lo and behold... You have an open back sweater. It will look lovely on on top of your nice summer tops or on top of your abaya. It would look absolutely great. Now, the last thing I'm going to talk about tonight is about um, the children's stuff. You know, kids' stuff gets too wee and before you know it, they've grown out of it. And it's been a favourite item. Like a football top, rugby top, dance dress um, or just a favourite top that they've loved wearing or a favourite skirt. Suddenly it's just too wee. Don't throw them out. Kids love things. They, They love things that remind them of being wee. Why don't you go and buy some nice frames and frame up that article of clothing and put it in their bedrooms. It would look just fantastic. And the children will love looking at them and telling stories of remembering how they wore them and, and how much fun they had with them. Another thing I'm going to talk about tonight, just before I go, is how about making napkin rings? Napkin rings are the easiest things to make from just bits of material or odd bits of ribbons lying about. You can just join them up and put a nice button on them and it just makes them look great. They're easy to do and they just look great on your on your table. Any fabric at all. So good night from Nana or good day from Nana and remember have fun whatever you do and I'll speak to you all soon. Bye
1: Nana, thank you so much for joining us. That was great advice. Thank you so much. That's fabulous. She always comes up with such brilliant brilliant little bits that that we forget about, that we forget that we can do these things, that that it doesn't have to all be about going out and buying the big fancy gadgets, and it doesn't need to be about installing the massive big solar panel in order to protect the environment. There's lots of little things that we can do in order to, to just make a difference, things that we forget about, stuff that our nanas did that we don't and we really should think about anyway folks that's us almost at the end of today i can't thank you enough for joining us it has been wonderful please remember to tune in again next saturday and sunday for green dean your environmental wake-up call where we'll be looking more different areas that we can that we can look at and see and discover in order to protect the environment. You have been a wonderful audience. I really hope you take some of these hints and tips on board. And obviously, as as, uh, our guest today, Kenny Taylor from Scottish Natural Heritage told us, look online, look look up, Google, see what we can do. There are lots of environmental things about. You can also put in um Environment in Glasgow or environmental action in Glasgow and that will also give you a few different hints and tips of what's going on round about you what organizations that you can get involved in. there are plenty of them Southside West End all over Glasgow. once again, thank you very much folks stay tuned with Radio Ramadan as we take you through this beautiful Sunday um, on the on the first weekend of Ramadan. stay hydrated. Stay environmentally friendly. Thanks very much, folks. Goodbye.
0: For more information and to listen
2: to more podcasts, visit us at arc.score or check out the Arc Media app.